Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Welcome back to the Hot Lava Podcast. Uh, Kevin Acey, Padres B writer. I am in San Francisco. Uh, Jay Posner, sports editor of the Union Tribune. Jay, you you look good. I couldn't say you look better because I didn't see you, but uh, we, <laughs> folks, we, we skipped, as I'm sure all of you know and are a little sore about, we skipped uh, the Philadelphia series because uh, Jay was under the weather. We're back. Jay, happy to see you. Um, very happy to be seen, Kevin. I'm not sure I would have been happy to be seen a few days ago, but uh, well, good. Uh, wasn't wasn't too bad. But uh, had to had to skip the one, but feeling much better now, and uh, got to watch a lot of sports. So that wasn't the uh, if if there's a bright side to anything, I guess that was. Uh, wow, that was, you have an excuse to watch that, and and uh, I, I think I hear my wife laughing in the other room, like. <laughs> Wait, that was more sports? Like, yeah, I know. That's what I was know, saying. <laughs> that's not all we do anyway. But uh, <laughs> anyway, it was a good weekend uh, for that and, and a good week with the, the PGA still going on right uh, right now. And, of course, Padre Baseball with uh, those odd starting times. You know, in Philadelphia, a couple of 345 games our time, a 10 a.m. game yesterday. And I know you had a long a short night and a long flight uh, this morning, but you, you you look like you've survived okay and you've made it to uh, back to California at least. And now and, a late uh, game because yeah. I don't remember the last time that I was here and the Giants played after six forty five. This is a this is a bizarre trip with a bunch of different starting times. This is a six different starting time, and I'm not talking about time zones. I'm talking about six different <laughs> local times. Right. Right. Uh, for for the Padres, and this is the seventh game of their trip. So they're here to play the Giants. We'll get to that. It is, you know, I think there's a lot of significance about this uh, May series. But number one is there's another guy feeling better. Bob Melvin will be back managing as if he wasn't managing the Padres the last six games. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, obviously, I, I'm, I'm sure Bob didn't uh, – Bob – just like I wasn't completely out of uh, out of touch with with at least any more than usual uh, uh, the last uh, the last few days, I'm, I'm sure Bob was much more involved and and in constant almost constant communication with uh, Ryan Christensen and everyone else who makes decisions in the organization. And I I doubt that Ryan Christensen walked in every day and said, "Okay, guys, here's the lineup." I came up with this all by myself. But uh, or and I didn't this is notice- not to, not to in any so, way. Put down what Brian Christensen did. No, not he's at all. a he's a pupil and and of of Bob Melvin's. Bob Melvin trusts him, um, and and Ryan Christensen did a lot in terms of communication and and there were decisions he had to make in the game. Right. But there's a reason that Bob Melvin makes three and a half million dollars a year, <laughs> and that he's here, and it's that he basically thinks of everything. So when when. Ryan Christensen is is making a decision about bringing in. Uh, Taylor Rogers in the eighth inning. Bob Melvin has thought of that. If Kyle Schwarber is up and we have, a, it's a situation where I could tie the game or go ahead, whatever. Taylor Rogers will come in. Now, Ryan Christensen is the one that, that checked with Taylor Rogers, Ryan, and believed whether right. he was good to go. And I mean, but Bob Melvin for all intents and purposes, other than the three hours and 10 minutes was managing. And in a way he was like Yoda uh, over Ryan <laughs> Christensen's, uh, you know, shoulder managing anyway. Right. I mean, I'm I'm sure, as you said, I mean, Ryan Christensen has been with Bob for a while, knows how he thinks, knows what he's going to do. But I'm, I'm sure there were a couple moments where Christensen was like, hey, we got to, you know, I got to make a decision here. And, uh, you know, does this guy stay in? Do I do I yes. hit somebody? What do I do? And, and you know, didn't notice anything really out of the ordinary. Uh, uh, Bryce Miller wrote the column a couple of days ago about 
uh, about Ryan and how he stepped in. And he had asked me beforehand, was there anything I had noticed? And the only thing I, I said to him was, I, I like the fact that he had gone to Taylor Rogers in Atlanta last weekend with Matt Olson coming up uh, with two outs. Basically the same situation as yesterday with, except with Kyle Schwarber, the left-handed guy, you've got a left-handed closer. Why not use him with, with two out in the eighth inning? The only the only thing that I told Bryce that I had noticed that I necessarily question was I, I thought that Stephen Wilson was allowed to stay in the Atlanta game for one batter too long. You know, he gave up the home run. It happens, you know, re- relievers get hit. Padres relievers are getting hit at various times during the year or during, you know, during the season so far. The next, you're not going to yank her. And at that point, that's where, and I, I remember when Stammen gave up the four home runs uh, back a few years ago. And, and by the way, the Nathan Evaldi gave up five in an inning this uh, uh, this week, uh, and I'm sure was drummed out of town just like Stammen was um, on social media. But in in that particular instance, you know, I thought Stammen. There's no way he could have come out before the fourth, but until after three home runs, I thought in this case, after the hit batter, the Padres could have done enough stalling where it was pretty clear that Wilson was just out of sorts that day. And it would have been nice to see Nabil Chrismat come in one batter earlier. But look, if that's one batter in one game, uh, you know, I'm one person watching it and thinking, trying to think as rationally as possible about what is what is possible. Like you just can't get a guy out immediately. Like when Stammen gave up two home runs that time, you can't just say, that's it, you're out of the game. you got to get somebody ready. Well, especially uh, so. now, what was interesting is they, um, that you can't replace Stammen with Stammen. And what I mean is, like, Stammen is, gets ready in, like, three pitches. Right, and right. And not be able Chris, Matt, which is why they were going to let Wilson wear that inning, not wear it, like, in the way of, oh, we're giving up. But, like, mm-hmm. that was Wilson's inning. And then it was like, uh-oh, no, it's not. And Nabil Chrismat came in, and he's another guy who gets ready really quick. And so uh, right. he came in. Little segue we could talk about. We got to get into all sorts of things with the uh, with the relievers. But Nabil Chrismat then pitched the next game, two scoreless innings, made a great defensive play. J- Jay, your thoughts on the bullpen that we've talked about virtually every podcast and has talked about uh, one way or another uh, after many games this year. So we're done with Melvin and Christensen. It's good to have Melvin back. I know yeah. you'll you'll be very excited to to oh. see him. You like dealing with him. Oh. Uh, he's he's back in the Bay Area already for the second time this season. And I think you can see the old his old home from from that side of the Bay where you are. The bullpen, you know, look, Chris Matt is is such an interesting guy, <laughs> and I, I I just finished editing a Q and A that you know Annie Heilbrunn's been nice enough to do those every other week for us. During the season, she did one with Chris Matt for this week. It's going to be uh, live. If you're watching this live, it'll be on the website just a little bit later this afternoon, around one o'clock or so. If you're hearing this later, you can go find it. Really, really interesting stuff from Chris Matt. And he, he's such an interesting guy. As, and I say that as someone who's never talked to him, never met him in my life, but just seems like such an interesting story. Seems like a really nice guy. Great attitude. Uh, comes across in this Q&A. And look, nobody ever thought when we watched Nabil Chrismat pitch 80 innings last year that he was going to be sort of a high leverage guy very often. And the pod, he had his role. The Padres felt he fit that role perfectly. Well, now, you know, maybe it's time to start giving this guy a look in those kind of situations. And, and maybe not all the time, but 
if if there's a reason, if if there's a time where it makes sense, and it's like, well, do we want to go with this guy or that guy? Maybe Chris Matt should be in that discussion now. Maybe and he's Craig showed, Stammen of 2017, 18, yeah. that sort of series. And situation. sort of right. If, if he's pitching well, take advantage of it. I mean, uh, look, he's not going to have a scoreless outing every time out. That doesn't happen. Um, although it sometimes looks like it with Taylor Rogers, But uh, <laughs> relievers are going to give up runs. But as long as Chris Matt's pitching well, he doesn't. he certainly doesn't seem to be bothered by any sort of pressure situation. You know, he goes out there and he throws that stuff that he has. I, I I think it was in the I can't remember. I must have been in that game the other day. He struck out someone with what a 94 mile an hour fastball, and I I think they were 93, 94, and they showed the other pitchers in the dugout, and they had the biggest smiles on their face, like, oh my god, did we just see that? Was that Nabil Chrismat doing that? And you know, they know he can do it. It just doesn't happen very often. He throws that change all the time. But, you know, he humped up and threw that thing at 93-94, and I think the batter was kind of like, what was that? And and he got he got big outs in that uh, in that game. Yeah, and, and he actually had been uh, working on his velocity and kind of gave up on it. Like, like mm-hmm. he actually had been, like, changing his mechanics early in the season, and he just didn't feel like it was working out. So I think we can go with that was, like, pure adrenaline. The extra two miles an hour there. Uh, now, Beal, you know, remember Mike Clevenger had the, uh, well, you know, I guess you'd call it, uh, if he's been through it, he would call it a near-death experience on that flight to El Paso. If you didn't see that yeah. story, go check it out. Great quotes by Mike in there. And he was talking about how, well, he great. He first threw the flight attendant under the bus, and I felt terrible using it, but it was such a great quote where he said her bedside manner was terrible. Uh, and, and he also said to, that he was freaking out. <clears throat> and let me just tell you who Nabil Chrismat is. If Nabil was sitting next to Mike and the plane's going down and they think they're going to die, Nabil would have been like, hermano, it's okay. <laughs> like, he's the best. And he right. is everybody on that team's, like, favorite guy. And uh, and if he can pitch, he should probably be your favorite guy. Um, yeah. And, so- and, look, the bullpen is – it's erratic right now. I mean, it's been erratic. And and the, the question is always – and we've talked about it before – who's getting you – through the seventh and eighth inning. Yesterday, you Darvish got him through the seventh. Uh, and that obviously the ideal is is if you can get the starter to get you through the seventh. Um, they, I thought they pushed it with Manaya the other day. That was the other thing I probably could have pointed I, out as a I question. I think I was, mentioned that to Bryce a little bit. Like, but yeah, you and I are but, the but, same where we're like, ah, pitching decisions. Oh. I, I, I always hesitate on those knowing who's available, knowing what's out there, knowing how a guy feels. We don't know how Sean Mania felt in that game. And they might've said to him, look, go out there and try to get us one or two outs because they know that every out is so critical because they just, there's that bridge between the starter and Taylor Rogers that right now, you know, that's not the most stable bridge going around. It's one of those, it's one of those infrastructure bridges that maybe needs a little bit of uh, needs yep. a little bit of work and needs needs some guys to to prop it up a little bit. And Chris Matt right now is a guy who can who can help prop that bridge up. Now here's the deal: Taylor Rogers has pitched two and a third innings in the last four days. Craig Stammen threw six pitches to get an out, and uh, Luis Garcia threw I think ten or fifteen pitches to get two outs, and no one else in the bullpen has pitched. Now, Nick Martinez and Mackenzie Gore, who are in the bullpen or were in the bullpen, have pitched. Right. And that is where, like, 
Now you got Nick Martinez. I happen to think that we'll find out here soon uh, that Mackenzie Gore will start Sunday uh, and they give Mike Clevenger an extra day. But maybe not. Maybe Clevenger's the one who goes Sunday and you do the piggyback again. But Nick Martinez is in the bullpen and Nick Martinez is pitching really well. That also mm-hmm. helps you move Nabil Chris, Matt. Um, right. And it also yes. helps you not use as many guys. <laughs> um, I mean, it's absolutely incredible what we've seen this week. With the bullpen, the relievers, they have six relievers and seven starters, technically, uh, in, <laughs> right. on their, their right. Uh, roster right now. Um, it's it's incredible, not just like the workload, but then Mackenzie Gore and what Nick Martinez did. Um, this pitching staff is in, is in really good shape right now. And I think we've talked about it before, Jay. The offense, I think the best thing you can say about them is they find ways to beat Good pitchers and 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 mostly bad pitchers too. Right. Uh, they they are what they are right now. Um, I, I want to stay with the pitching. But you'd though, rather right. You'd rather have this pitching right now. Right. And and I was looking up some numbers just before we started this because I wanted to see sort of how the Giants or the, the how the Giants and the Padres compared, and I'll, I'll get to that a little bit later. But the one thing I did want to point out was the pitching. The the Padres right now are tenth in Major League Baseball in ERA with at 3.55 and the giants are 20th at 3.90. So, you know, what's that a third, a little bit more than a third of a run earned run per game more uh, there. But I did want to ask you about the Gore situation. Cause I was thinking like I always do before we come on here, what are we going to talk about? And the, the one thing I wanted to ask you about was Gore and Clevenger and who pitches Sunday or and then Monday, and if Gore pitches Sunday as the starter, it pushes Clevenger back to Monday, Snell goes to Tuesday, Darvish goes to Wednesday, and now we're looking at the same situation that the Padres have been in for the past couple weeks where Manaya and Musgrove, who are pitching Friday and Saturday in San Francisco, would not pitch again until next Friday and Saturday. It is true. Uh, in, in San Diego when the Padres are playing the Pirates, I believe. Uh, next next weekend. So I, I just wonder how long do they want to keep doing that? And it, does it make more sense? You know, you mentioned giving Clevenger an extra day. And I think, you know, anybody who follows baseball knows if, if you can give a guy, almost any pitcher an extra day, especially a guy who's had two Tommy John surgeries. He did only throw 75 pitches the other night. And does it make more sense? And this is one of those questions that, you know, look, whatever we think doesn't matter. But does it make more sense for the Padres to go Sunday with a little bit of the piggyback routine again Mm -hmm. with Clevenger and Gore? And then that brings Snell up a day on Monday where you can do the same thing with Snell and and Martinez. And now you push guys up a day where Darvish would then go on, you know, Darvish and Manaya, I guess, would go on regular rest Tuesday and Wednesday Musgrove would pitch with one extra day's rest next Friday instead of two. So I just wondered where you were on that and where you think the Padres are. And the piggyback worked so well, you know, last week. Is there any reason to to break that up? Because, look, if Gore pitches Sunday, Mackenzie Gore right now is a five-inning guy. At least that's what he's been. I I can't see him being much more than that. Five and a third, you know, he's in that that range. Clevenger is a five to six inning guy, you would think at this point. Blake Snell is, you know, Blake Snell, uh, he's probably four to five innings right now. So now you're talking also about taxing the bullpen. Nick Martinez can't pitch three or four innings in all three of those games. So 
I'm just curious if if what I'm saying and rambling about it makes, makes any sense, and if it's something that and and I'll I'd love to hear you know Melvin talk about that today as well, and just sort of explain their thinking. Without a doubt, it makes sense. And if you've been listening to Ryan Christensen, then it it is probably what they're going to do. Like he just seems to be a huge endorser of this. I'm listening to Ryan Christensen. I'm also of which of pitching Gore Sunday of, of the piggyback. Oh, the piggyback. Exactly okay. what you just said, basically. Okay. Um, it all makes so much sense. I'm also going with maybe some other conversations I've had, and and the the I think that the original thinking was Gore on Sunday. Uh huh. I suspect that the way the piggyback went and all the things you mentioned is why they might go with the piggyback and that I'm probably wrong that, you know, that, that they've changed their mind and I just haven't kind of caught on to it yet. So mm-hmm. I absolutely, Jay, you, uh, I think that you're perhaps spot on uh, and, and it makes all the sense in the world. They do have now. So you asked, so how long would they do this where guys are going extra after the day off after uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at home right. day off before finishing up. Not uh, a lot of days off. 13 up. days in a row, day off, 18 games in 17 days. Right. So so it won't last for long, but I, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated. I want to find out why, or I want to find out what's happening and why. And and mm-hmm. it is, you know, I, I I suspect that they have decided to go with the piggyback once more. And like I said, to me, that makes the most sense. And yeah. But we'll, you know, we'll see. And Initially, we don't, again, we told- don't know. We don't know how Clevenger feels either. So maybe it's a situation yeah. where Clevenger doesn't want to, doesn't feel comfortable. I don't want to say doesn't want to. I never well, want to say that about a guy. Doesn't feel comfortable pitching on Sunday, that he would feel more comfortable pitching on Monday. And if that's the case, then by all means, pitch Mackenzie Gore on uh, on, on Sunday. And but I have sure. believe I do believe they've been entirely flexible. I, I um, mm-hmm. look. Bob Melvin doesn't like six-man rotation. They went to a six-man rotation because that's what was best for the team he's managing now, which is what great leaders do. Uh, A.J. Preller did not want uh, Mackenzie Gore to pitch out of the bullpen. Mackenzie Gore pitched out of the bullpen because that's what made more sense for them to do, and and A.J. Preller is evolving as as a leader as well. So um, I do – my understanding was it was going to be 11 days – and then Mackenzie Gore would make a start. He would pitch once out of the bullpen. That meant Sunday was going to be his start. Uh, like I told you, I suspect that's changed now because of how right. well the bullpen went. You bring up a point. How does Clevenger feel? Um, remember, these guys are throwing a lot of innings. Like right now, you're feeling really good about this rotation. Well, they're throwing a lot of innings. Maybe the extra days are good, right? Yeah, they could, could, they've be. All, could be. They've all mentally adapted to it. None of those yeah. guys, Manaya, Musgrove, Darvish, are fans of going six days in between starts. Wow, mm-hmm. it's really hurt them. Uh, because yeah. they decided, hey, you know what? We got to get Gore an extra start. We we got to do this thing. We got off days. We're, we just, you know, it is what it is. And, and did, so I, um, they'll be happy to go back to four days in between. That's what they've done most. Um, and it will come soon enough. It, it will. Right. It will, it will right. come. So I did think it was interesting that, that Gore talked about how he was going to try to keep his same routine as that he used as a starter out of the bullpen and and Stammen he said Stammen told him no don't do that do you know do it this way do it as a reliever and Gore's like okay and yeah. and then he went and did that and and Chris Matt talked in the 
in the Q&A that I mentioned earlier about how he learned from Stammen last year. And I, I think that is one of those things where, you know, Stammen can be frustrating at times, but he clearly has a role in that bullpen that goes beyond uh, that goes beyond what he does on the mound. Now you're not going to keep him around if he can't get guys out, but he's also get he does get guys out. And uh, I, I know a lot of fans cringe whenever he comes in, but his his numbers to me don't look that bad. And he clearly has a place in that in that bullpen as sort of I, I guess fought. I I don't want to use the word father figure well, necessarily. They call him dad. Yeah. Okay. And with Gore, it's not it's not far off. But they call him Dad, uh, um, not only because he dresses like one and he <laughs> does not say bad words and and is a very wholesome man, but because he's the dad of the bullpen and he has been yeah. for a few years. So I mean, he's thirty eight now, um, and uh, so he's young. Yeah. I mean, I I said a long time ago that I didn't think he'd be around this long. I don't know that he did either, but that. If the Padres were to win the World Series in 2021 or 2022 or whatever, and there were still guys here, that Craig Stammen would be a part of that celebration because of all the guys that would have learned from him. So it's kind of actually cool that they're a contender and he's still here. I just think that's kind of cool because right. um, as right. long as he can keep getting outs, which he has for his last four or five outings very mm -hmm. well, actually, um, then. Okay. So let's. Uh, Speaking of cool, Padre bats. That was bad. I'm sorry. I thought but we did. I thought we didn't even have to talk about them. But yeah, there's a there's they, a bit to talk about. Sure. They they had a streak going on the road where they yep. had, they had scored five runs in how many straight games? Six to eight. Eight straight games, and then all of a sudden they nine. go to one of the great hitters' parks in baseball, uh, and they scored five runs in three games, and they and it was enough to win two games. So. The bottom line is always is the record, but yep. we're also looking. It's we're also supposed to be looking at underlying issues, problems, reasons, and everything. And, and right now, this this offense, and I, I looked this up as well. Twenty third in Major League Baseball in batting average, twenty third in slugging percentage, eleventh in on base, and eleventh in runs. Eleventh in runs. So okay. they have made the most. As frustrating as they are sometimes to watch, with a runner at third and and less than two outs, they don't always get them in. They still have have managed enough to rank eleventh in the league in runs because obviously offense is down everywhere uh, across baseball. But still, it's kind of striking when you see their lineup before each game, and there's two guys that are you know hitting three fifty or whatever those guys Machado and Hosmer are around right now, and everyone else is like you know two thirty two twenty. And 180, 150. So, look, we've talked about it a bunch. I don't know that we need to talk about it much right now, but the offense is still an issue. Of course, now they're going to a park that is mostly a pitcher's park, although it's changed a little bit this year. Mostly a pitcher's park, and you know they'll probably score 15 runs or something this weekend. But we'll see. But there, we say it every week that we're on here. There are guys who need to be better. I, I don't know how else to say it. Absolutely, I will say that if. When I compare their lineup to other lineups and strictly going off, here's the nine guys starting, here's their numbers. I keep expecting there to be this bigger gap. And there is a gap. There's a gap right. in home runs, and there is a gap in batting average and slugging for sure. 
in against most teams. You know, most teams at least have, you know, eight guys in the twos. Um, and, and then, you know, two or three guys in the threes at this early stage of the year. But it's not as great as you would think if all you were doing was paying attention to the Padres. If all right. you were doing is looking right. at the Padres numbers, you'd be like, this is the worst offense in the history of the world. <laughs> and by the way, it was 11 games. I'm sorry. It just took me a minute to answer your question. It was eight on that okay. road trip and three in Atlanta. By the way, really good pitching in Atlanta. Two really good starting pitchers in Philadelphia. Um I'm just trying to add a little context, and I know that you know this, Jay. They they face some decent pitchers, and they're going to face some decent. Now they get to um, not have Desclafani, who's on the IL, and they don't face Logan Webb, but they face some decent pitchers uh, this weekend as well. Yeah, I mean um, uh, Jacob Junis, who's not a household name. I do remember the one game he pitched against the Padres. I think it was five years ago. Um, that he won. If I remember correct, I, I, I say I remember it, and then I say if I remember correctly, I think it was a day game. It was a game against the Royals. I'm not uh-huh. sure if it was a day game. Um, but anyway, he's got a 1.74 uh, ERA this year. And then Carlos Rodon, who had pitched great up until his last outing, will pitch tomorrow against Joe Musgrove, who's been tremendous uh, hmm. all year. I don't think hmm. we can say that enough. And Alex Wood will pitch on Sunday, who always seems to be tough uh, for, you know, a good five innings or so. Good five um, innings. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think um, – and look, the Giants seem to play the – the Giants beat the Padres, what, two out of three, I think, when you were up there the last time. And yeah. uh, and the Giants are 24-14 and 14 right now. So they're a game and a half behind the Padres, and they, they continue to to play well. And they've hit the ball. I said I wanted to get to their, to their hitting – Numbers. They are third in Major League Baseball in on-base percentage and third in runs scored. So it's a big test for the Padres this weekend. The Giants are sixth in batting average, eleventh in slugging. So um, their their offense has done a good job, and I think that's with guys like Belt and Crawford not doing a lot, but a whole bunch of other guys have uh, have stepped up for them. It's incredible, and it, it's good to know that it's not just uh, when they play the Padres, but you you see right. this team just knows how to get on base. Like call up some guy yeah. up from Sacramento, and he'll you know get uh, he'll walk and get a single, and and one of them will be super important in the game. And you're like, wow, okay, this is how the Giants are doing it. I we got to point this out. I don't think it's as good. It's as um, gigantic as it will be made when the Padres lose two out of three this weekend, and it's like, oh, see, they can't beat a winning team, right? Um, but The Padres have played six games against teams that currently have a winning record, and they lost both of those series. They're two and four. They went one and two against the Dodgers at Petco Park. They went one and two against the Giants here. That's it. So here we are, game number seven of the season against teams that have currently have a winning record. Like I said, I think they pitched some pretty good – or they faced some pretty good pitching. I think a couple of the teams they played probably end up above 500. It is May, but the fact is – the Padres have gotten through that portion of the schedule we said they needed to take care of. I think they right. mostly have done that, except for the Cubs. And uh, here they are, because uh, you've got some better teams coming up. Right, and and there's only three other winning teams in the National League besides <laughs> the three that are in the that are in the National League West. Um, the, but they're coming the Mets, up. They are the Mets are the Mets. I believe are coming up uh, in early June. Milwaukee's coming here uh, when you come home. On uh, on Monday, mm-hmm. Tuesday, and Wednesday, and St. Louis is just over uh, is just over five hundred, and the and the Padres' next road trip takes them to St. Louis and Milwaukee. So they've got Milwaukee after they've got San Francisco, Milwaukee, then a weekend with the Pirates, then a road trip to St. Louis and Milwaukee, 
then come home and play the Mets. So there you go. that's a lot of winning teams coming up on the schedule before another stretch against the Rockies, Cubs, so, Rockies, Diamondbacks. Unlike uh, last year, the Padres will not be facing Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer when the Mets come now. That is correct. So you're not saying uh, that with a I, smile. I, I just say that is very much unlike last year. So right, who knows? Right. So yeah, definitely a test. I mean, that's what six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, forty-five, sixteen of the next nineteen uh are against teams that right now are over five hundred. And as you said, they've only played six all year out of um thirty set thirty yep. thirty-eight. The Padres are twenty-four and fourteen. Giants are 22 and 15. I might have messed that up earlier. But anyway, 6 out of 38, and now it's 16 out of 19. So I guess we're going to learn something. Maybe we'll learn a little more about this team over the next three weeks. Jay, I think that our uh, 30-minute bell should be Jake Cronenworth's walk-up song, Dr. Dre. Ding, ding, dong. Love that. See, I, I, I can't sing or anything. You can't, you can't you do know it, what but I'm it, is, it, is, it is probably my favorite walk-up song. It's freaking phenomenal. The song is, is okay, but that but the, part is unreal. I love I love that And then part. it's Jake Cronenworth walking up to Dre. It's the, right, right. And it's the 30-minute tone. Make sure you get that. It's the 30-minute tone. And it's, right. and it's hitting right now. So, Thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend.